Hey everyone, welcome to uh, to part two uh, of the speaker series on running during the time of Corona. Um, you know, we I've been using um, Hard Rate, the, the the podcast that my my company has been producing for a little while, to to begin to have some conversations about running and exercising, being outside during the time of the coronavirus. You know, it's been scary for so many people. Um, it has caused massive shifts in how we work and how we live. Um, a lot of us are working from home or are, are just afraid to go outside. And so we've all had to adapt in a variety of ways to continue to take care of our, our bodies and our mental health and our emotional health um, as stress has been high and anxiety has been high um, and just sort of dealing with where many of, of us live. Uh, and most of us on, on this panel, actually all of us live in New, New York or are close to, to the city. Um, and so as things are now sort of beginning to reopen, which brings its own sort of wave of anxiety and stress, uh, I wanted to begin some of these conversations about how people have, have been adapting throughout the pandemic and the quarantine and, and sort of begin to talk about how we might continue to sort of make those adaptations and be flexible as you move into this next phase of reopening and sort of readjusting to you know, a very changed world. Um, so I'm very fortunate to have uh, several people on here with me. Uh, to my left is Janelle Hartman. Janelle, if you don't mind introducing yourself. Sure. Uh, I'm Janelle Hartman. Uh, in my work, I am a licensed clinical social worker. I work in, for the city of New York, I work in HHC's Kohler facility. It's a nursing, it's the I believe it's now the largest nursing home, city-run nursing home in New York. Um, I've been there close to 29 years, and I was a very avid runner and volunteer uh, until our recent pandemic. I still love running, but hasn't been able to do much of that lately, so that's me. And to my left and below Janelle, in my view, is Coach Melanie Can, if you don't mind saying a few words about your wonderful self. Oh, well, Coach Nick, well, I'm glad <laughs> to be here, especially with such awesome company. Um, I am Coach Melanie Can, as you already said. Uh, people know me as Coach Mel in the running community. Um, I've been coaching runners in New York City for a little more than five years. Um, pretty much exclusively actually um up till recently i'm also uh a wellness coach uh with another large uh health organization um and i live in queens i run in queens currently ha um, am in rural upstate new york so definitely witnessed this thing from both sides now pulling a little Joni Mitchell into this. Um, <laughs> but clouds get in the way. Um, uh, before all of that, uh, I was an actor and singer for about 20 years. Uh, still am every now and then. Um, and I'm just thrilled to be here with such great company. Um, and I am committed to taking an optimistic approach to this whole thing. Um, and I'm eager for us all to come through it because I think we're gonna be smarter and better for having experienced it as a people and as individuals. I, I, I agree, I think that's a healthy approach and that might, that's my hope for everybody. Um, but now to next to Melanie is my 
beloved PT who takes wonderful care of me, Alicia, if you don't mind saying a yes. few words. Yep. Yeah, so my name's Alicia and I am a physical therapist um, based out of New York City. I recently, about a month before COVID, started my own PT practice called Fortify PT. Um, so that has been an interesting transition because physical therapy keyword is physical. So it's, you know, you have to have a lot of hands-on, a lot of that. And um, it's been a little bit of like a, an adaptation, but kind of following off of Melanie, I think it's like, I have a really optimistic view of how this can make all professions and, all professions and um, you know, everything a little bit better. I think we can all come away from it a little bit stronger and have a, have a really good knowledge of how to keep our bodies healthy and what to do from like a work-life standpoint. And especially with running, like there's been a lot of ups and downs, you know, with, with my patients with running and it's, you know, it, it hopefully we can, we can come out strong. Absolutely. Uh, and last, uh, but not least in any way whatsoever, because she is my <laughs> beloved and wonderful and cherished wife, Carrie Kohler. <laughs> Carrie, my love, you have no sound. We can't hear you. All right, we'll just do it this way. Better? Yeah. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Terry. I, uh, I'm a runner. I've been running for about eight years. I'm a stage manager in New York, which, you know, as everybody knows right now is like on pause. So, you know, for me, I think, and Nick and I have talked a lot about this, all of this is an exercise in like learning what you can and can't control which is hard for someone like me whose job it is to like try and corral the, the, you know, the insanity. Um, and that definitely leads into how I try to use my running because you can't control what happens outside and you can't necessarily do what you are used to. You can't necessarily be on autopilot. So it's like an exercise in, uh, in trying to make running work in a different way. So that's like what, what I've been working on for myself. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Honey. Um, so I, I am Coach Nick. Um, I am the co-owner and founder of Road and Trail Runners LLC, uh, along with my, my very good friend, Coach Andy, uh, who is living out in North Carolina. He was unable to join us here today, sadly. Um, but uh, I, I'm happy to be here with all of you. Um, a little background for me, I have also been coaching for about five years, uh, initially with uh, a running store in the city and, and now with a, a running organization uh, as well for the last s several years. Um, and what my company does is we do sort of online virtual training uh, via some different apps uh, and, and training plans. Um, and certainly as, as a runner myself, this has been a big adjustment in not only how I interact with, with both my own personal clients, but with the, the, the larger sort of group training clients. Um, it's it has made for a lot of uh, adapting and flexibility. Um, but I, I, I think that some of the things that we've been doing have also sort of given us new ways of connecting with our community um, and has helped to keep them engaged, not only in being f physically active, but also in, in, in connecting them to, to each other, reminding them that they are not alone, even though they might be running alone right now. Um, and so, you know, I, I've been happy to see people joining Zoom calls or jumping on Slack and just connecting in, 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 new, in ways that they did not think to do before when we were always in person. And so now 
I think some people have begun to develop some of those deeper connections um, that we love about our running community and our world and our people. Um, but with it, with all that said, so so jumping off of that, you know, this this speaker series that this 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 panel um, was designed to sort of talk talk about a lot of those adaptations and the flexibility that people have had to develop um, in both a, a physical sense and a, a mental sense and in an and emotional way um, as we've all navigated the the stay at home and quarantine orders during COVID-19. Um, it has been a scary time to say the very least. Um, and the anxiety levels have been so much higher than they have been in memory for most of us. And learning to navigate those emotions and how that translates into our everyday behaviors you know, has been a, a moving challenge because every day is, you know, especially at the start of the, the pandemic, every day there was something new coming out and every day there was something new to worry about and, and be more afraid of. And that really shifted how I know, at least for myself, how I behaved and what I felt comfortable doing. Um, as my, my own office shifted to work from home, that changed how, how safe I felt in going outside and being active, but also working from home triggered some physical changes in my body and was a reminder of like, oh, I need to continue to take care of myself. Um, and I needed that, that sort of kick in the butt to to start to do that um and so that that really made me grateful for for people like alicia who began to put things out online on, on instagram and on facebook so that um i had you know like real true guidance to how to begin to stay active even in in my home um until i felt more comfortable being outside and, and even then remembering to take care of myself because it's it's challenging when your environment never changes where it's wake up, bed, living room, maybe go outside, back to the living room. Um, and that's challenging. It, 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 especially as, as New Yorkers or people who, who work in the city, we walk around all the time. So much of our day is spent traveling to work or traveling to see friends, walking to the subway, and all of that was taken away. Um, and that, that has pushed through so many changes for us physically, and mentally. Um, so as, as we sort of get started into this conversation, I, I just want to ask, as you guys saw in the, the agenda I sent out, how is everyone? How are you doing? <laughs> just jump in. I'll jump in. I, that's a good question, Nick. And I think it's interesting, first of all, just to jump off of what you had just previously said about all of these things were taken away. These things were taken away. Um, and yes, a lot of things were taken away. Um, and it was scary. I, it was terrifying. Um, and what's interesting is that when things are taken away, there's automatically something in its place. It might not be what you thought it was, might not be what you wanted it to be or what you expected, but something's in its place. So, you know, this, this freedom to go outside and, and, hug our friends and to do what we wanted as we had previously was taken away but um i think it, in its place was given um this 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 
time, this space, this uh, suddenly this this clear, clean slate ahead of us. Um, and Nick, I know you and I spoke about how this time, like how I really felt that as awful as it was, um, one of the gifts from a running perspective is that it's very, it's quite literally the equivalent of an open run, of open road in front of us. Meaning we can do what we need to, what we want to. I know that in New York City in particular as a runner, there is a race, if not like half a dozen of them every weekend. Um, I know that, I, I, and I know my stuff with running and I race too much. Um, I, we all do. And so suddenly having this clean slate, this, this empty space, this time, it, it suddenly became this opportunity, uh, in my opinion, to work on things that I would not normally work on because I'm either tapering or building up for yada yada race. Or, you know, in our case, Nick, you and I coach workouts on our feet and suddenly we weren't tired from chasing that really, really fast guy around on Thursday night when we weren't planning to. Um, and, and suddenly we had this ability that this, it really was a different type of freedom to do what we needed to. Um, so from my perspective, I'm going to focus more on kind of like what uh, Terry was saying about what can you control? Well, what can I work on? What are my weaknesses that I never get to work on that I actually get to? do now i get to run easy oh my gosh i get to run easy for as many weeks as i want i never get to do that because <laughs> i'm always hustling and catching that person in front of me when i'm coaching or getting ready for a race i get to do strength work which i never do because who has time for that suddenly we all have time for that yes alicia um <laughs> so, <Yay. laughs> yeah suddenly i'm foam rolling <laughs> I mean, also, like, as much as it stinks that it's not the 2020 that we wanted or hoped for, or certainly that, you know, I, I wrote down for my goals for 2020, I got, it's funny, I have this notebook where I listed all of the races that I wanted to do basically for the first half of the year. And of course, there were like 20 of them. I'm like, wow, like three of them happened. But you know what? I got to do what I needed to do, which is sometimes important than what you want um so to answer your question long-windedly um how are we I, i'm okay i you know i'm not gonna lie i'm a little disappointed uh in the fact that like i probably won't be able to run a boston qualifying marathon which is something that i really have wanted to do before i turn 45 because i get this gift of a window that i don't need i know what i'm capable of and i'm not going to get a chance to do that probably bummed about that but I'm really excited uh, about, you know, I, I get this time that, to do things that I wasn't going to get to do. So I think that, uh, speaking just for myself, my mental and emotional state, you know, on, on a smaller level, I think it goes up and down depending on the day. One day, this is how I feel right now, but probably tomorrow I might be a little bit more cranky about things. And that's fine and that's okay and that's normal. And now suddenly we have this gift of perspective also because when we get to do the things that we really wanted to do, we're not going to take a second of that for granted anymore. So I'm okay. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you said, I'm glad you said that you, you know, your, your feelings on, on the smaller scale have been up and down and that that's normal. 
And I think that that's been an important message that I know that you and I have worked to share with our runners, because I think for many of them, they are afraid that that's not normal. Um, and they, they, you know, they've come to us and been like, I don't feel like, I haven't felt like, like running for the last four days or for the last week because, you know, I'm scared one day and then the next day I'm kind of okay and then I'm scared again and then I'm kind of okay again. And they're like, I don't know how to manage that. I don't know what to do. And hearing from, from you and from, and from the, their coaches to remind them that is okay. That is normal, like, that is expected. Um, you don't have to be afraid that you know, you're, you're, you're disappointing your coaches because you aren't. Not at all. We're happy that you're safe and, and that you are healthy. And that's the most important thing. And as long as you're taking care of yourself, that's what matters. Anyways, um, Janelle, Alicia, Terry, how are you guys doing? I mean, I'll, I'll stall, I'll go. Um, you know, I do, think it, I do think it comes and goes for sure. Some days you're like, oh, okay, I figured out this routine. This is the new normal, whatever. And then the next day you're like, actually, I desperately miss this other part of my life that I don't have. And like, it is a roller coaster. And I feel like, yes, I agree. I said this to Nick that like, this is a, this is a reset, right? Like it's a reset in so many ways, but it's definitely a reset in terms of running and your physicality because you aren't beholden to like the things you, you can't do the things you used to do. And, and what I struggle with is that sometimes running just isn't the emotional release that it used to be because it's still stressful to go outside, like, especially in the city. And it's stressful to be like calculating <laughs> how close you are to somebody and what you can do. And that doesn't have anything to do with like speed goals. It has to do for me, what's hard is like, it is not as it's, the release is not there in the same way. Right. And so like, that's an adjustment. And again, like it comes some days you're like, Oh, I had a good run and that feels great. And some days, some days easy runs are still really fucking hard because you're wearing a mask. And that is work, emotional work to like process, right? Because easy runs should feel easy, but they're not. You're, you're adding this level of, you're adding something physically to yourself. You're adding an emotional level of like what you're dealing with outside. And so like, it's hard. I mean, I don't think it is, it, I agree. It is nice to be like, okay, I'm home all day. I can do some strength training, which I don't do. And, and that has felt good. Although like there's that funny balance in those first two weeks where there were like eight things you could do a day. And I think an interesting struggle is actually finding a new schedule, right? You can't do, you still need to take a rest day or two. Like you still have to do those things that you did before you know, like you're, I think people are like substitute, like they're like, well, I'm stuck at home. So I'll just do, I'll do, I'll work out all day long. Well, that's not really good for you either. Right. So it's like finding that balance is, is hard. And I think it's still hard because although the anxiety level is less, we are not free to do what we want. So like, I'm also okay, but it's, it's, it, I think it comes and goes and like, it's an adjustment to find the way that we can work now. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think like, okay, is a really pretty, like, that's like a solid, solid answer. Like there's this whole thing has been like the emotional roller coaster of up and down. And like, you know, for, for myself, I think 
I part of what I do is like a lot of physical, but I've been exclusively virtual since all this stuff happened. But there's still that mental component of like taking on other people's emotions and trying to because like, you know, treating the physical person, you still treating the mental side of everything too. So under trying trying to kind of manage other people's emotions and trying to set expectations to help them set expectations for themselves, like it's kind of all over the place. I will say like over the past maybe two weeks though, I've been better because I feel like from a from a COVID standpoint, like being here in, in Jersey City and like constant, I'm, I've been like coming up with a plan to get back into seeing people in person. And just like the thought of coming up with a plan feels optimistic and feels really exciting. And even though there's like going to be so many restrictions and it's going to look really, really different, I think because there's at least that like something to look forward to, it feels a little bit more like, oh, we can start to. And I don't even think normal, it's not getting back to normal. It's just kind of getting into what is this new routine going to be that is exciting at some point. Because like, I'm a very, you know, kind of why I chose the profession I did. I love people and I love seeing people. I love touching people. I love like being interacting and having that energy. And it's hard to not have that. And so having that plan is, is exciting. So as much as the up and down has been happening, I feel like a little bit more and I think some of my patients are feeling it too. Like it's a little bit more optimistic. People, even in New York, like getting you 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 kind of know how to like wear a mask in public that you know how to navigate it you've had a little bit of practice at it and like the running running part's hard and that's still finding out how to manage that is difficult but people are becoming more comfortable with their routine which I think is a little less stressful and it's a little less up and down which is which is good Well, for me, it's been a real interesting journey because um, because I realized March 14th, I guess, when we were sort of in the thing that I needed to go to work <laughs> on March 16th when, uh, so our nursing home has about 500 people and we've actually been the news, so I'm not going to get too much into that, but like most nursing homes, we've been very affected by COVID. And it was very fast. It was like a flood. And I have to say, I thought running the marathon was my peak of fear, anxiety. No, I was ready to run like a marathon a week. I was ready to be like Brian and Coach Brian and Coach Nick and run all these marathons because I'm like, I'll exchange it. There's like an exchange program, like not going to work. I'd rather run a marathon. I know it's going to take me 11 hours, but I don't care. I know I will probably die. Like that just was like, I've never felt fear the way I felt in early March into April because I saw people go from perfect. And again, my patients are nursing home patients. Some of them are younger than the, the your normal nursing home patient. And I started my work as an AIDS worker. So I came at the AIDS crisis, as they called it, and I watched people die, but they only died once a week. And I know that said only sounds horrible, but people were dying every day. Like every day there was a death, maybe two. And the stories that you hear about the body bags and the refrigerator trucks and all the horror stories are real. And so when you realize that, like the real thing, not the so-called, um, not fake news, but not the, the sensational news was actually real. And people were like saying it's not real. Again, too much social media. I don't recommend my next pandemic. I'm not getting on social media. I think I'm just going to quit it. But, um, 
Yeah, I had to find a place. First, I had to find me to be normal. Like I had to find a place where that I wasn't absolutely in fear all the time. Like, and then even in my house, like not that obviously I knew COVID couldn't get into my house. I live alone. So on one hand, I had, thank God, I, I don't even know how people who have kids and a spouse or have a partner, I don't know how they do it. I honestly don't know how they did it in healthcare. I don't. But so I knew at least I had my space. So I had to like work my way out. Then I had to feel comfortable about leaving my house, get on a subway, and then I had to be comfortable doing my work and knowing that COVID was already there by March 16th. So by March 16th, we already had cases. We already had people dying. We had already people going out to hospitals. And they were people I knew, and they were people that I worked with, and they were people I had contact with. So then, and I had a coworker also who I was pretty sure had COVID, and sure enough, she did. And I had to count, I was counting days and so many days until the last time I saw her, did I get sick? So that one, so one of the things that I definitely took a lot of my experience for the marathon, and I honestly, there was a lot of times like, you did a marathon, you can get through this. Like I kept saying that to myself, I survived the 26 miles, you know, uh, there's no Peter Chacho waiting for me, you know, to give me a medal and hug me and say, God bless you. But there is the sense that, yeah, I felt I could get through it. The statistics, though, were so overwhelming that 60 to 70 percent of us were going to get it. And I was like, OK, so I kept preparing my body for like, I'm just going to get it, you know, and I like I have. It's so funny because I find like my my COVID prep stuff still around. Like I have a Gator. I don't really drink Gatorade when I'm not running. And there's a Gatorade in there because I thought, well, if I start to lose electrolytes, I got to have my Gatorade ready when I start becoming sick. So. I started doing all these prep things to say, I'm going to get sick. So let's just, just, just prepare. Cause I'm, I'm exposed all the time. And, um, then the PPE issue and blah, blah, blah. And that's a whole other situation, but you learn, you kind of find each day you put a little other thing and then you learned that you needed how I got through getting on this, how I got to work, how I got home, how I got through my day. Um, the amount of contact I had, I don't have, anywhere near the contact I used to with my patients. And I'm a psychotherapist, so that's devastating. So when I would see them, most of my time I'm saying things like, which you don't usually say as a psychotherapist, I want you to live, I want you to listen to your doctors, I want you to wear a mask, I don't, I want you to wash your hands. And you, schizophrenics usually don't wash their hands a lot, so you just sort of, I don't want you to argue with other people, get in a fight, I don't want you to go to psych, I, you know, I keep telling them what not to do. Like there wasn't a whole lot of like, when they, you know, when they, many of them beat COVID and it's amazing. They're just should have physically, according to the stats, should have not made it and they made it. And so I'm so proud of them. And I'm like, I'm proud of you. You, you did what you listened. You stayed in bed. A lot of them quit smoking because they couldn't smoke anymore. I mean, my patients smoke, they smoke weed. They do a lot of stuff. They do a lot of bad stuff and they're not doing it, you know? Um, so I was able to continue, but I wasn't really able to still be uh, an Alicia. You said you like, you couldn't be who you are as the person who's supposed, and you guys can't be the coaches and Terry, you can't be the, the person that brings, you know, everything together for people in a performance. Like everybody couldn't, can't be who they are. Um, and I think that's really hard. I think the one thing that I became appreciative more than just big thing was sleep I think I was really bad I think I didn't realize how important sleep was until this was so I realized that the because there's 
I go to November Project, I go to work, I'd be sleep deprived all day, I'd put, go on six hours, it didn't matter. My immune system could handle it. Maybe I didn't feel great or I felt, so I would, you know, maybe take an Advil because I felt a little more achy. You know, like you did things that were not great. You drank way too much caffeine because you knew that that way they compensate or, you know, and so you could get through because you've decided you, you need to go to November, you know, you got to go to work out, you got to work, you got to meet up with people, you got to volunteer on the weekend and be there 4 a.m. You got to, yeah, okay. And then I realized, no, all that's been taken away and the, I need to now not get sick because I can't work if I'm not, if I'm sick and I have no one really, and I know people would help me, don't get me wrong, but nobody take care of me. So I didn't, wasn't going to get sick. So in order to do that, I needed to sleep. And that was very hard when you're anxious. So if you're anxious and your heart rate's high and you just constantly, the news are telling, you know, doom and gloom, you're going to die, you know, especially you healthcare workers, forget about it. You're all like nursing homes, you know, and I also was seeing people die. And so I learned, I think I definitely took a lot. Of, I'm first of all, I'm so glad I did my marathon in 2018 because I'm 50, I'm going to be 58. I'm like, I wouldn't want to be prepared for a marathon at 60. So I'm glad I got that out of the way. I'm excited to get back to supporting people and doing an actual run again. That's a race. Um, but one of the things I did use for running, we had a, a sunrise uh, 6k with, November project. And I said, there's no way I can do it. There's no way I haven't run in forever. And I was going to run up and down my stairs in my house. And I'm like, you know what, you're going to go out to work at nine o'clock, you know, 830. You're going to go out this house anyway. Why don't you just run? So I went out the door, you know, kind of peeked around and I ended up doing the mileage and I ended up doing it. And I hadn't, I haven't run in so long. And I was like, you know what? it reminded me that I was okay. And that actually, you know, I don't have COVID because I wasn't getting tested back then. Um, mm -hmm. And it, just the day before, every day I thought I had COVID. I'll be honest. Every day I had a moment where I thought I had COVID. I was like, I'm sick now. This is it. You know, I just have to survive. P.S. I've been tested three times. I'm na I've never tested positive. I'm fine. But you know, I, I definitely would say that I think so much about running, but it's, it's sort of like my, it's a little metaphory for me right now. Um, I am doing the, I am back to doing my workouts, which is fun with November project, which feels good. Um, and I know I could run. I think I, I walk more now, but um, I know it's there, but I'm not quite ready to be in that, in that genre yet, but it's close. So that's for me. You know, I think that's okay. I mean, I think that's one hundred percent not only okay, but healthy, great. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's one thing about running is that it's let's just say it's a relationship. Like, like we have so many relationships in our lives, you know, <laughs> and like some are stronger than others, and like sometimes you need to go to couples therapy. Sometimes you need to take a break from each other. That's kind of what running is. It's a very long relationship. Yeah, I mean, with really with yourself, if you really want to go get crazy into it for a second, like you are your lifelong running partner, mm -hmm. and you, know, you sometimes you need to take a break, and and that's one hundred percent okay. In fact, I think it's I think it's good, Janelle, that you're you running was not serving you at that time. It was not serving you mentally, emotionally, or physically. You needed the rest more than you needed miles. You needed that 
uh, that peace of mind more than you needed to get out there and sweat or whatever. I, I think that's good. I think that's okay. I, you know, I mean, Nick knows this cause he's seen me to it. Like I've been getting on these calls with my runners full on saying, y'all, if it's too much for you to go out and run right now, don't force yourself to do it. It's okay. This is something that we do because it's fun because we, it brings us joy. It completes us in some way, but if it's, taking away from your overall well-being it's fine mm -hmm. i mean I, I can only speak for myself i know i'm not racing for any prize money to feed my family with anytime soon therefore like it's just not urgent for me to go out and run every single day unless i'm getting something out of it mm -hmm. so i you know i think that and that's like that's a big thing i think mentally and emotionally that i i can't stress enough for to my people at least that you know the word should for a second it's not like what is that how does that serve us yes you yeah. should yes you should wash your hands yes you should wear a mask there's no should when it comes to running you shouldn't you shouldn't should on yourself as i like to say <laughs> yeah, I, I i i of course agree with mel completely like you know and, I, I, and as coaches we in, in even in normal times, we spend so much time telling our runners to listen to your body. You know, if something is achy, if something is sore, you know, takes time time to rest. If, if, if it isn't going away, please go see somebody so that they can help you figure out what's going on. Um, and what you've been doing, like, takes that, like, it to the extreme. Like, that, that is exactly what you should have been doing not to include the word should in there, but like, you know, it's you spend the time listening to your body and to your own mental health needs to take care of yourself while you were doing and continue to do an incredibly difficult and, and heroic work, you know, like your patients needed you and they need you to be healthy. They need you to be strong. And you've been able to do that for them because you've been taking care of yourself. And that is, that is huge, um, you know. So I I I I applaud you for listening to your body um, and and really taking care of yourself during all of this. Um, yeah, critical. Thank you. I think. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say I have no for the first time in a long time no foot pain, no flatter. I mean I no hip pain. No foot. It's like. Is this what rest is supposed to like? I have, I've always had foot pain, like since I've been running, like forever. Like, you know, I, you know, it's cramping. I don't have that now. So I don't know. I was sort of like, and I'm not, I'm going to, I love running. And I, when I ran the four miles, I didn't have any pain afterwards, which I thought for sure my body's not been used to it. It's going to be, it's going to be so mad at me. I haven't taken Advil in three months, which is like a miracle. Like I haven't touched that stuff, which I know is evil. We all know how evil mo that is. Uh, but, and they said you have a, the, the, it's not kind of, you know, for Corona, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not taking that. Like anything anybody said, yeah, that's not good for you with Corona. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing it. Um, so yeah. Uh, so one thing is I am probably the healthiest as far as that. Like it's amazing. But Terry, but sleep is doing wonders. I'm reading a book about sleep right now. So as soon as you brought it up, I was like, <gasps> like the, yeah. the sleeping, I think that's actually been across the board too, especially for people. My headphones. 
for people in New York, um, I think people like completely are overdoing, too, doing too much, not sleeping enough, especially in the running community. Like there's just so much like early workouts, late workouts, everybody's working for like 12 hours a day and doing all this stuff on top. And like, you know, as a, as a physical therapist, like, you know, how do we, how do you get people better? Part of it is that like your body has to have the capability of allowing itself to recover from being on your feet all day and from moving around. And people are sleeping more and I think getting into better habits, which I'm very, very hopeful will hope like to continue and like seep into, even as things start to open up, like people do understand that, that component of allowing your body to recover and heal and take care of itself. Because like so many things, so many overuse injuries, they might be formulated, they might be, you know, there might be other things going on, but if it might not go away as quickly as you want, because we're not giving ourselves the amount of adequate rest and sleep, like yes, yes to rest days, yes to strength training, but like sleep is the number one form of the number one way you recover every single night. And so many people don't get enough of it. And I think like, I love that you brought that up because it is such a big part of, I'm hopeful what a, a positive change could come from, come come from all of this, definitely. I feel like, you know, I think newer runners in particular, but actually all runners forget that like, it's, it's an equation, right? And there are so many variables that go into whatever you define as success, which I think is also like up for debate and should be. But, you know, people say like, I, people, especially younger runners get very stressed when they don't complete their running plan, right? If they skip, you know, people don't know, until you do it, you don't know what it takes to complete a thing, right? That maybe you have a running plan, but actually if you do 85% of it, it's okay. And if that 15% you're sacrificing is for sleep, that's actually still a positive in your equation. And I also think that like, and this happens to me, you know, you feel like you put in all the work, you put in all the physical work to get to a goal and you don't reach that goal and you don't know why. And what you forget is the the variables that are not the physical variables that, that feed into that. So where you are emotionally, which like right now is very, very prevalent, affects your body in a way that you cannot predict and you and you actually can't like even process necessarily right same with lack of sleep same with all those things so it's like if you're working hard at your job and you're work and you're working really hard to complete all of your workouts what are you not doing right you're not sleeping you're not necessarily um fueling properly Right. And I do this. I know that like nutrition is a big thing for me to work on. Um, you know, uh, in terms of like both fueling your runs properly and fueling your life properly around your training plan. And like even just lack of sleep, like you get to race day or you get to whatever your goal day is and you don't hit it and you don't know why. And like those are the things that you don't know how to calculate. Right. And like right now, people's emotional state is really affecting them physically. And sometimes people try to push through it and say, I have to get out, I have to maintain this normal schedule, normal schedule that I always used to do. And like, it's not gonna work right now. Like, it's like a triage, right? Like you actually do have to say, what's the priority? Staying healthy, how do I stay healthy? Sleep. Yeah, your body literally doesn't know if you are doing mile repeats, or if you're being chased by a bear, or if you're getting yelled at by your boss. Like, your body doesn't know. Your body just knows stress and strain. 
So it's something really to keep in mind that see, we're so like, even me, I, I, and I'm talking about how I'm, like, I'm taking things like a little bit more positive here. You know what? I know that I'm stressed. I know this. I, I wear this device. I'm obsessed with it. It's called a whoop. Alicia, you probably already know about it because I have heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I could tell you point blank that my heart rate variability, which is basically like the balance between your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. So it's like literally your body's fight or flight response versus like your chill response. <laughs> like uh, my HRV is whack right now. That is <laughs> that you can't really control it's just it's a it's a factor like oh you're something's going on in your life right um your resting heart rate i know that mine is elevated just across the board probably about like it varies based on my menstrual cycle sorry nick we're all ladies here um <laughs> um it's true though like it varies but my resting heart rate it's easily up an average of five beats per minute per minute um across the board. Like this is just, this is the reality. We're stressed. We're outside of the norm and our bodies as animals, as creatures, we're trying to figure out how to navigate this. So like, there's no way we're going to expect like peak performance out of ourselves. There's no way we're going to expect anything other than something that's outside of the norm because we are outside of the norm. And I think that's again, hundred percent. Okay. I think that I, I cannot say enough about the sleep thing. Uh, well, Alicia, what book are you reading? Why Do We Sleep? <laughs> it's literally called Why Do We Sleep? Because <laughs> um, it, it's so, so true. And just taking care of ourselves in general, you know, um, yeah. in, in ways that we never might have needed in February. <laughs> we need it now. I yeah. found it to be really really interesting too from like uh because especially as runners new yorkers like we are so used to moving and i've noticed this in my like my personal life too like i'm used to commuting i'm used to walking everywhere and like i stand on my feet all day and even like personally now my commute doesn't exist i sit to take these video calls i'm not i'm not like interacting i'm not like moving my body a ton so like you know, with that parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous system stuff, like your, your stress levels, your cortisol levels are elevated, but movement to just release muscular tension in general, take, take even running out of it, like overall movement variability is so much less. So then you're having a lot more muscular stiffness, a lot more like, I can't tell you how many of my like runner patients have transformed into like neck pain and shoulder pain, just because like there, there's muscular tension being generated from the stress response that is not getting alleviated in the same way. And I have so many people that are still in New York City that running is, is kind of out of the question because they're afraid and there's the fear factor and there's the mass, but like overall movement is also just like so much more limited because people don't wanna go outside to take walks in, if they're on a busy street or they don't feel comfortable you know, moving around. And of course, with everybody working from home, a lot of people are doing more work than potentially they were before from like a load standpoint. So like there's more work involved and just like overall less movement. So that whole balance of stress and physical release is just all over the place. And like, I think going back again, like kind of once people start to move around again, it is going to be a really gradual return of like this, that you can't just jump into what you were doing before because your body has not been doing that. And like, there might be some different muscular tension than there was before. And you have to like be ma like managing all of that and just like listening to your body and, and knowing what it needs. Definitely. 
I, I think all that is is so so very true, and I, I, I'm glad that 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 you brought up, sort of beginning to sort of look at what things, how things might change or, or are going to change as we begin to shift into reopening, um, and which is actually the next topic on the like agenda. It's like I want to hear your sort of thoughts and your perspectives on like what some of those adaptations might look like for you personally or sort of for your 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 clients as we now sort of prep ourselves mentally right now but also physically when the city begins to when, when new york city and when jersey city and you know our respective areas begin to reopen and maybe small gatherings are more permitted people begin to want to go back outside to run with uh a couple of friends or do an outdoor class that's um you know strength-based uh and as you know for you alicia in, in particular as your clients who begin to, to come back in in person uh you, know, you 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 touched on sort of um how having a plan or beginning to think of one makes you feel and i i, I know actually from from my the, the talk last week um one of uh my speakers sort of shared from a consumer standpoint she's like i am looking towards the businesses that are actively communicating and sharing that we are working on a plan we, we are we are working through scenarios so that you know our employees are safe and so that our clients feel safe um because i think that's going to be a really big thing in in in, in helping people to feel more comfortable going back outside as, you know, to help them feel comfortable as they begin to return to physical therapy in 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 person, um, and, and they have someone who is physically touching them um, again after so long of not being touched by anyone, maybe like their their partner, um, and you know, knowing that like communication is going to be essential in in reopening plans so that people know what the rules are and know that they will be enforced so that everyone can stay safe. Um, so, you know, I, I know for Mel and myself, like group training probably isn't gonna come back for a little bit, but like, you know, I, I know that we sort of had, had some thoughts on like what that could look like moving forward as we have our group trainees sort of back in person on some level, you know, one, because we miss them and they miss the group aspect of it. and. You know, we, we know that being able to run and work with your people can be a big difference in how your running feels. And like, it, it can it can hopefully recreate what running, you know, used to sort of do for a lot of us and like in, in, in terms of like reducing anxiety and stress. And I think if people feel comfortable knowing that there are rules and, and, and safeguards in place that like those things will begin to come back. So actually if, if, if you, Alicia, or Mel, or anyone, yeah, can, can jump in on, on 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 that. Like so, so at least for for myself, like coming up with a plan. So, biggest thing is that I want people to feel comfortable because it's it's such like it's it really is it's a personal choice. Like you have to be you're only going to get benefit of the, what you're doing if you are comfortable being there. Like especially from like a lot of the benefit of me seeing people in person is doing some soft tissue work and, and, and all that. And like, you're only getting the benefit of that if you're in a relaxed state. And like, if you're, if you're coming in there being really anxious, it's, it's not, you're not going to get that benefit anyway. So 
for myself, I'm trying to a give people the option. If you still want to do virtual, if you still want to stay virtual with with therapy, then then that's fine. Then we can we can do that. For for the plan to do to, to do the city is I'm gonna have um, you know everybody spaced out. I I only see one person at a time anyway. It's not it's not like more of a middle place, but you know have people be spaced out so that there's at least um, 15 or 20 minutes in between the patients and like keeping really strict time. So when people come in, I think initially I'll have, I'll get one of the temperature readers and obviously they'll be masked, I'll be masked. Um, and potentially just from like a, a legal standpoint, have them finding like, there's no way I can socially distance and treat you at the same time. So that's something that like, you know, we're all gonna have to accept and that's okay. And as long as you're not experiencing symptoms or like, you know, have everybody be healthy and I think kind of on that end too, people being more honest, like like the cancellation policies, policies that used to exist, I think for everything are gonna have to go out the window because if no one's gonna wanna risk if, if somebody's feeling ill, then, then you can stay home and that's okay. Um, but once someone does come in, you know, everybody being masked up and like having the session and then making sure that everything ends on time so that there's just no patient crossover and like really minimizing the amount that people have to interact with other people. Like you're coming to see one person, you want to exit after seeing that one person and that's okay. Um, and then obviously once that person leaves, wiping everything down and making sure everything is, is sanitized well um, and, and kind of figuring it out. It's, it's hard in New York because of like, you're not just walking into a build, like you're not, the door is not, you're not going enter, entering a door and like you're in this place. Like you have to usually take the stairs or the elevator where you can have interaction. Like the, there's, there's only so many variables that you can control. So, you know, making sure that I'm taking the steps to control as many variables as I can and then allowing that piece, that person to feel as comfortable as they, as they can. Yeah, 100%. I think it's it's about making them feel comfortable and, and keeping, I think, keeping, uh, from a coaching standpoint, standpoint keeping runners informed um, on best practices and enforcing it because, you know, I mean, I'm the first person when I meet somebody or when I see somebody, I just hug them, I tackle them, whether they're comfortable with it or not, you know, and like, I'm going to be the first person who will high five and cheer tunnel, here we go, or whatever we're doing, you know. So, I, I mean, it's going to have to be just information so we can educate and inform and empower runners. And I think that um, in giving them information and empowering them to, like, these are things that you can do to help yourself, not only just take care of yourself, but take care of each other as a team here. Um, I think with that, hopefully we'll, we'll come a little trust. Uh, we'll trust each other and they'll trust each other. Um, and I hope with that comes comfort. Um, I think that from a coaching standpoint, I've always been an effort-based person when it comes to training. So that's always been my philosophy. But I really think that now more than ever, really being in tune with how you're feeling. Uh, I'm known for giving uh, runners stickers to put on their watch faces so they can't see how fast they're running. Um, I'm probably going to be doing sticker runs more um, and really just – they can have the data after the workout, but like they're really paying attention to how they're feeling. Um, just like from a training standpoint. Um, and I think that from a coaching standpoint, in terms of the emotional, Janelle, it actually goes back to something that you had said earlier that, that struck me. Uh, you said that we can't be who we are right now. Mm. We can't be who we are to people. And you're right. We can't be all of who we've been in the past. Um, I'm excited to see what, who we become through this. Mm -hmm. 
I know that I've, I've learned a ton about myself, about others, about the human race, uh, about New York in particular. Um, so I'm excited to see who we've become. I think we're gonna have to grow together again. Um, which, you know, yeah. again, it's, it's we're mourning what has been, but I'm also mm -hmm. eager to see what is to be uh, that's going to result from that. Um, and I think that it's an opportunity again for us all to kind of look inside and, you know, going to the marathon metaphor for a second, like, yeah, you ran a freaking marathon. You survived this pandemic. What kind of person does that? What did it take to get <laughs> and come out the other side laughing and smiling? I see you. <laughs> see? Yeah. Like, Ooh, what kind of person does that? Who does that? What did it take? And you don't lose that experience. It's not like, mm -hmm. oh, it's done. Like, you're not that person anymore. Now you're back to the person you were in the fall of 2019 before this all happened. No. So now you're this new person who's smarter and stronger and wiser as a result of this. Um, and while the world might be in panic right now and, and, and in this, mm -hmm. um, I, I think, I'm, I'm hoping that we're gonna come through this smarter, stronger, healed, um, and ready for whatever the next step is. Yeah. I mean, I can say that the other thing too, I don't know how to put this, cause I think we do this with diseases and we don't even know it, but we sometimes, when people get sick, no matter what it is, when we had HIV, you know, with this, we suddenly start to call people the disease, which is really bad. The COVID, that like, but first of all, that person is, they got COVID. They're not a COVID person. Like it's just, so, but that's also because we have fear because we say, okay, that, that could, that may potentially, depending on whatever our circumstances actually has the potential to the point where it could kill us, you know? So people, so we say, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that disease. So I think that once I, I actually, I had a sort of, I feel like you face, you kind of face the, the fear of the actual disease. And that's one thing that healthcare workers got to do that many people haven't done yet is that we've interacted actually with people who've had COVID and gone through the other side and we're okay. Like, you know, holding patients' hands with, through gloves, even if I'm wearing a face shield, uh, I didn't get COVID from them, or I didn't get COVID because I talked to somebody who had COVID the day before. Uh, I thought, I was like, oh, there we go. There's another, like, you know, they talk about contract tracers. And I was like, I felt like my phone, if they actually, like, every time they said, you got, I'm like, yeah, I know I was in contact with somebody with COVID. So I think when you see, like, all these, the way that suddenly, like, TikTok, a TikTok or whatever took off with all these healthcare videos, healthcare workers also needed to express themselves that were still, like, having we could still have fun and we like our work and and we're proud of ourselves and 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 you see them touch you also see they're not six feet distancing they're like dancing around and sometimes them sometimes the mask is on sometimes the mask is off you're like heart you know oh my goodness but there is sort of this idea that you're in the battle and you're okay it has sort of that strange feeling um so when i hear people say what's it going to be like i'm like it's going to be okay so like given the present what we're today it's may 31st and last night was a night of protesting and the night before is a night of protesting so people that i knew are protesting 
I was like, I want you to do this to stay safe. I can tell them like infectious disease, like, like wear goggles, wear this, some of it protecting themselves personally so they don't get hurt, but also how to protect themselves. Cause I'm like, don't ever, don't take the mask down or wear a secondary mask, take an extra buff, take, you know, I mean the old, all the things we've heard 100 times for all the things, but just do all these things. You're going to be okay. Cause I was okay. Like I was okay. And literally in COVID. And I was with people and I was close to them less than six feet. And I knew that they had this thing and I was, I'm fine. Yes. I am never, every day I'm going to, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to go around and start, you know, taking off my mask, but I'm going to keep doing what I learned to get through it. And I think that's the piece that, that, that I feel like you like with, and I think Cuomo said it many times, look at the healthcare workers. Look, their infection rate is low. Why? Cause they do the right thing. And I don't know if that's always true. Cause I lost people. I lost close friends. I lost nurses that died from COVID. So it's not, it wasn't a hundred percent foolproof, any of it, you know, people definitely got sick, but that, that the, the idea that saying you're going to be, you, you can be okay we're going to do things differently. We're going to act differently. We're, we may not high five. We may not be on top of each other. Um, but we may also say things that we didn't say to people emotionally that like we, like t- me telling people, please don't die. Like you don't really walk around in a, in a non-pandemic days and say, I don't say to my patient, I really don't want you to die today. Cause I think that at some point my boss would say, you know, they're going to be a little freaked out with your whole dying <laughs> comment, you know? But now I can say, pay attention, don't die, take your medicine. If they give you whatever, just take it. Don't, don't, don't fight about it. Let them take your temperature, stay in bed. Don't go outside. You know, all these things. Cause, cause you gotta, you gotta, this is bad. It's bad. You know, it's bad out there because, you know, so yeah, I think that, the, I think that it's, it's, we're realizing we're coming out of it. I think. We're coming into another stage, obviously, of trying to figure out who, how we live with each other, period, let alone a disease. So now we have to learn how to live with each other as, as human beings. So that's a whole new reality. And hopefully we're going to figure that out, how to be kind to each other on, across the board and not treat each other in categories. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping that's that's what we do now. That's that's my hope too, Janelle. As I, I I'm hopeful that from seeing the way that people quickly adapted to video chats and to more texting and FaceTiming and everything else to stay connected, because they realized how important it was to stay connected to the people that that they cared about. And my hope is that that continues as things begin to reopen and that we find new ways to adapt and to celebrate other people. We may not be in a place to hug or to high five, but we are creative people. Like as a whole, we are creative. We will find other ways to cheer on friends, to show them that we, we care, even if we can't hug them. Um, and I know Janelle is a champion hugger and <laughs> You know, and, and that's going to be hard, but I, I know that you will come up with, with another way to share that enthusiasm and your love for them in a different way. Um, yeah. And that's my hope is that like we, all the a- a- adaptations we took 
stay connected during this time of closure, that as things begin to reopen, we will continue to adapt so that we can continue to be supportive for our people in whatever form that takes. Um, probably the, the final question for this is, um, as things reopen, as, thing, as life sort of restarts in its own way, what are you looking forward to the most? If anything, and it's okay if you aren't there yet, that's perfectly okay. But like, if, if, if there are things that you're really beginning to look forward to again, love to hear them. I'm looking forward to like, I just love people. So I'm just looking forward to seeing more people. I love my, I love my partner. He's great. But like, I, I love like, I get energy from other people. So I'm really excited just to like, even like, even being six feet apart, like it's the, there's that energy of an in-person connection that is, that is invaluable. So that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited for like everything that I wasn't able to do during this so that we weren't able to do. I'm excited just to not, it, it just, just I mean, to not take anything for granted, to go for it, um, to really just like, there was a time when we couldn't do this. And I always like to say to people, you know, you don't have to run, you get to run. And <laughs> you don't have to do hill repeats, you get to do hill repeats. And I think that like that, it's a subtle shift, but I think that that shift is going to appear across the board in everything. There is another job mm -hmm. that I was supposed to start. I was just this close to completing my onboarding. And they're like, oh, we're going to pause this until we're back in person again. I'm like, ah. like literally if it was 48 hours or even 24 hours shifted, like it would be done. Um, I was so excited to do it uh, because like now more than ever. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm just excited to get back out there and get to do all the things that we didn't get to do before all of the things and then just go to brunch you know like i just want to go <laughs> and have brunch i want a mimosa or a bloody mary and i want to be able to say i'll have another and have somebody <laughs> bring it to me like i know that's as basic as basic gets but i don't care like i just want to go sit at brunch with my friends and day drink after a run and just enjoy that again. I'm never taking that for granted ever again. I think for me, like my whole world is like a drift, right? You know, I mean, my job market is whatever it is, who knows when that's coming back and what it will look like and running is, you know, a little bit topsy-turvy. So I definitely just, I've said this to Nick, like we love cooking, we love eating, but I want to eat somewhere else that's not in my house. <laughs> Even if it's just with Nick, I mean, I, ideally it's also with other people, but like I wanna sit somewhere and have a meal and have a cocktail. And it's true, like I wouldn't, I don't take that for granted because it's just, it's not the same as sitting at home, right? And so I, I would like something to feel a little bit like it used to feel because I think a lot of things are not gonna feel, we're never going back or at least not immediately to like what it, what it was, right? Even the things that were in motion before this pause are going to look different. So it would be nice to have like one or two things that are not, not big that feel like they used to feel. Mm -hmm.
because I don't know what there's a lot that isn't going to do that. Although I do hope that the whole like get your drink to go and walk around with your adult beverage. I hope that's it. <laughs> I was just remarking that like it's, it's so funny that New York has become like New Orleans, right? I know. Like, legitimately are getting a to go cocktail. Legitimately. Because no one can stop you, really. Like, no one, there needs to be a very big reason to say, excuse me, what's in that cup? Like, and they're serving them very, very, like, like, we got, we, so Jersey City's the same, the same way. They're doing all these to-go cocktails, and they literally, like, poured it into what looked like a medicine bottle, and, like, we're handing them out as, like, medicine bottles. I mean, again, I know that that, it, I don't want to, I don't, I do want to acknowledge that speaks from a place of privilege. I'm not going to get stopped on of the course. street. Like, I, I don't want to, but it is, yeah, it's been an interesting thing to be like, yeah, you can legitimately just get a drink to go. And I think that will stay for a while because they can't open restaurants fully for a long time. Yeah. I, I think, I, I mean, I, I, I do believe we'll be, I don't know how long it's going to take us to go back to sort of some of the normal. I do look, it's funny. I started to think more about being at races and, you know, I remember I was at, I was, I'm a doomsday person. So I already predicted at Washington at the, at the Shamrock 5k that that was our last race. I was like, this is our last NYR race. I told my two runner partners, I said, you know, keep in touch. And they're kind of like, aren't you being a little dramatic? And I'm like, no, I don't actually think I am. And everybody's like, no, we have the NYC half. I'm like, uh, yeah. And I, I hate, you hate doing that, but I've been reading, was reading so much about this thing. And even in meetings, I was like, so are we preparing the beds? And they're like, no, we're not doing anything. Like just, it just, so I look forward to those days where, we're, you know, we go to Central Park, whether we're running or not running, we're cheering. Like we just, we had to be there. We had to be there whatever our role was like, and it's like, are you running? No. Are you volunteering? Yes. Are you cheer. You know, like, it's just, I, I look forward to that like Saturday and Sunday routine again, where it's just, I know where I'm supposed to be. It's according to the races and I'm just going to be there. And, and it's, yeah, I think that's, that's the thing I look forward to. I look forward to screaming at people from you know I can do that from afar because I have a really big mouth so I don't really need to be that close to yell at you and cheer you on I can take your picture I have a zoom lens I don't have to get so close to you to take your picture I I have the selfie stick I never thought that my selfie stick love would be become so invaluable now because you don't really have to get that close with the selfie stick you can actually take a group shot and whatever so I look forward to that. I look just, just forward to seeing people and, and not talking about, you know, dying and stuff like that. And, and I do look for, uh, somebody saw my face for the, it was funny because I wore a mask so much. This is the only time you really see my face and it worked. I had, I didn't have my mask on for, she goes, I never saw your mouth before. Like it's, I haven't seen, and she had met me. She was a visiting nurse and she's like, Oh, that's what your mouth looks like. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's how it works. That's how. So it would be really great not to to be wearing a mask at work. But I I don't I expect to wear a mask at work. I'm I'm fully engaged that that's going to be the rest of the year. So I'm okay with that. But just we like to see people without masks. You know that'd be cool. <laughs> no, I I I am not a big talker or a a big smiler person. That doesn't mean I'm not unhappy or a, but like. 
there's not a lot of facial expression change when I'm around people um, to, to, to some degree. It, 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 it depends. Um, but I really look forward to being able to be in a group, whether that's at brunch or with our runners, or somewhere where I can talk to people and, and knowing that, you know, probably the first topic will be about reopening and COVID, blah, blah, blah. But to hearing about the other parts of their lives that I haven't been able to see or to talk to them about, because, you know, so many of us are, are at home, it's the same conversation of like, what did you do today? I woke up and I went to the, to the living room. Then I walked to the bedroom and then back to the living room. And being able to hear again, people are like, oh, you know, I, I went for a walk in the park today. Yes, I wore a mask, but I walked to the park today. Or I had, you know, a, a socially distanced brunch with, with some friends. And I look forward to hearing about those, like, seemingly mundane details because it's a change in our lives. It, it, it's a sign that things are, are, if not getting back to normal, are, are, are moving along and they're moving forward. And um, I, I look forward to us moving forward, you know, just across the board. And that's, yeah. I think that's all I've got for you question-wise. If anyone has any sort of final thoughts or, or questions, please feel free to shout them out. Otherwise, just a big thank you to all of you for, for being part of this. Um, and I, I hope to do more of these because I, I know for me, I find them comforting uh, in, in, in doing them. And uh, again, my, my, my hope is that talks like these um, continue so that people, you know, feel maybe a little more comfortable, they feel a little less alone, um, and, and can take some of the, the words from all the, of, of you to heart. So they, you know, if they haven't been, that they start to take better care of themselves, that they sleep more, that they stay active in whatever form that that, that takes, um, and that they stay, you know, comfortable and, 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 and healthy. Thank you. More sleep. More sleep. <laughs> more sleep. Right. Definitely, definitely. It's so good to see your faces. Nice to meet you, Alicia. Nice to meet you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Nick. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Nick. Yay.